as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 98. I am Davram, and thank you, everyone who listens to the show. I very, very, very much appreciate it. Uh, And today we've got uh, quite a bit to talk about uh, going into the season eight community day. Uh, We've got some uh, special plans for you over um, on the stream for that day, but we'll get into that and uh, a lot, lot more um, as we've had some really cool things happen in the Sea of Thieves community over the next or the past week. Uh, So I want to dive into some of that and give you my opinions on it. But before we get to all of that, uh, as we always do, let's thank the amazing, the glorious, but notorious patrons who use their hard-earned money to make sure that this content uh, stays just as bad as always. So there you go. Uh, Blade X Life, Jack Bull, Skamelt666, Lane and Regis Stella, thank you very much for continuing to support my content financially. And if you would like to get mentioned, if you would like some cool swag, if you would like a holiday card or a t-shirt, head over to patreon.com slash TV and select one of the stars many tiers available to you starting at $1 a month. And all that money goes uh, to helping make this uh, content possible for you. And also I want to call out specifically and uh, a very cool opportunity for us. Um, And that is for the entire month of February until February 25th, I believe. So right near the end of the month, couple weeks, uh, we are being sponsored by Hello Friends. Fresh. So you'll see if you're on the YouTube, uh, a little, uh, a, a, a little, a little thingy uh, up in the the upper corner that gives you a promo code. Uh, for those of you listening um, out there in the world, I will also drop the link and promo code in there. But it gets you 65% off your very first box from HelloFresh. Now, please keep in mind this probably only works in the U.S. Uh, you can check it uh, uh, by going to the link and, and trying the promo code. Uh, but basically what HelloFresh is, if you're not familiar with it, is it is a company that gets you really good ingredients and has recipes in there for several different meals based on which uh, box you select. And it comes uh, to your house each and every week. It has uh, quick and simple recipes taking a couple minutes to up to, you know, 35, 40 minutes, depending on what you want to eat. Uh, and all the ingredients are in the box with the easy cooking um, uh, in 
information and they do take care of any sort of dietary needs. So gluten-free, low-carb, keto, high-protein, delicious, fatty, you know, everything you want from pasta to veg. Uh, HelloFresh has you covered each and every week and they are sponsoring uh, my content uh, for this month of February. So you can go over to HelloFresh.com and uh, use my promo code, uh, which like I said, will be in the show notes. Um, it is promo code POGHF87195. That is a lot of stuff to remember. So just go to the show notes. The link and the promo code is there uh, and sign up today. There is no uh, you know, subscription length requirement. Uh, you can get your one box for 20 some bucks, have a couple meals in there. Uh, like I said, it, it, I mean, I think it's like three meals for like two people for 20 some bucks. So for me, that'd be like a whole week's worth of meals for 20 some bucks. So really freaking good deal. And every person who signs up with the promo code directly supports Pirate Talk Radio and my content. All right, so let's dive into the nose and the notes of Sea of Thieves for the week. So first off, let's talk about Community Day. Community Day is coming up on February the 11th. It is uh, this upcoming Saturday, so the Saturday after this particular episode goes live. And there's a lot of, you know, similar stuff as the normal Community Day. There will be a uh, reputation um, uh, emissary where we can unlock renowned allegiance <clears throat> gold um, up to, I believe it's grade five. Um, so you can make a lot of gold. Uh, I know a lot of people out there who are trying to get their uh, ghost curse or skeleton curse will be diving in the waters uh, in order to try to get as much PVP in as they can as allegiance will be buffed according to everything that we see. Um, and there's going to be some Twitch drops during that time as well, and some very popular Twitch drops that do not come around very often. In fact, one of them has not been around since its very first Twitch uh, gaming. Before it was Amazon Gaming, before it was, was Prime Gaming, before any of that... It, it was the very first log on and claim it thing from Sea of Thieves. It was a little purple monkey and these sails, which are purple and white, and they have a unicorn on them. Really cool sails, um, but it came in a package then. It is now coming back for the very first time as Twitch Drop. So if you didn't get it um, back in the day uh, with the bundle, the pirate bundle um, with the monkey, make sure you get them now because we, again, we never know when these things may uh, come back. So don't miss out. Make sure you get that. Also, if you have not got the Obsidian Flintlock or the Ebon Flintlock, the uh, ever popular uh, Flintlock with the Black Dog set that has the um, the the Iron Sight on it, that's really good. That is also a Twitch drop for this weekend. Um, I'm guessing that there will both be one hour each claiming in between. And make sure you go out and support. Uh, content creators that maybe you like to watch, but unfortunately during Twitch drops, you have to go check out a partner. These Twitch drops will be available for everyone. So any streamer you watch on Community Day, that's one day only for these drops, the 11th, 
next Saturday. Make sure you if you if you miss it, I warned you. Okay, so Evan Flintlock Unicorn Sales. Anyone you watch Sea of Thieves on uh, Twitch during that uh, that day, you will get progress slash unlock the Evan Flintlock and the Unicorn Sales. So make sure you do that. Um, Captain Logan and I will be doing our normal uh, two podcasts, one boat during that time, and I'm happy to announce that we have decided that we will be doing something a little bit different than everyone else. As they're out there raking in the gold and enjoying that glory, we are actually going to do tall tales. And we're going to do them all, all of them, from start to finish, in chronological order and having a lore talk and Sea of Thieves story talk. We've got a lot of things that could be happening this year. We have no idea what's coming in Season 9. We were speculating a little bit on the last uh, stream. Uh, And we've got E3 coming up. And we know for a fact that there are a lot of people on the rare side right now, you know, nose to the grindstone getting ready for E3. Uh, sea of Thieves always makes a big splash at uh, E3. Uh, unfortunately, it's usually a little fan service, and I'm hoping this year they kind of do something a little bit more general uh, to get more new players involved. But we know E3 is going to be big for them. It always is. Um, so we're going to be talking about not only the lore and the story of sea of thieves as it is right now, but we're also going to be discussing what could come next as we go through the original nine tall tales, Seabound soul heart of fire, and then do the entire pirate's life. That is what we're going to be doing on community day. So if you're interested in lore and you're interested in joining the conversation between two sea of thieves, absolute fangirls, uh, come on by twitch.tv slash Davram on Saturday the 11th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we will be doing a lot, a lot of lore and story talking. Um, but yeah, get out there, enjoy Community Day. For logging in that day, you're going to get uh, the Community Day flag. Uh, you can also get the Community Day t-shirt and a real-life Community Day flag uh, from the Rare Store. So if any of that stuff uh, interests you, Uh, Go check it out and support Rare. There will probably be some Emporium deals and things like that that they always like to do. But uh, but Community Day is always fun. It's always a good time. It's 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 a great opportunity for people to get out there, play with their friends, play with random people. Just get out there and enjoy the community while you're raking in the gold and the glory. We are going to get to what I think aside from Sea of Thieves Fest, is one of the best community-built and driven groups uh, that is out there. Uh, And that's the Merfolk's Lullaby. If you've not heard of Merfolk's Lullaby, it's merfolkslullaby.com. Absolutely outstanding website. And they do something each year. They do the Sea of Thieves Awards each and every year. And they did a grand production this year. And we're going to talk about that um, in a little bit. I've got one thing to talk about before we get to that. But I want to go through the rewards so you guys know if you you didn't tune into the stream. If you're not familiar with the Merfolk's Lullaby, these are community voted on awards. And we'll go through all of the awards. uh, And I will give you my opinion on if the community is full of crap or not, which several of them they absolutely are um but i want to get into um something that is is really keeping me from playing sea of thieves a lot 
um, recently. I'm not playing it near as much as I used to, and I want to play it. I want to be able to enjoy Season 8. Uh, I think Season 8 was an outstanding uh, idea in theory. Unfortunately, because it has brought so much PvP into the game, which is good, um, th- th- we, are, we are unraveling more and more each and every day that Rare does not have the infrastructure to handle uh, this enormous amount of players who want to be sweat stains and shit lords. Okay, I'm not talking about the players out there who are absolutely outstanding at PvP and legitimately are absolutely dominating the seas. Those folks are amazing. What I want to focus on are the people who are not legitimate, the people who are outright cheating and the people who are outright hacking in this game. It is seen every single day on Reddit, on on social media, and unfortunately, I don't think Rare has any clue how to handle this. I know that they've recently partnered with a with another company, um, and I'm hoping that they they really put focus uh, through the Azure platform, through their partners at Microsoft, to get some sort of anti cheat into Sea of Thieves to stop this crap because it's absolutely miserable for people to play against. And it's absolutely miserable and it looks really bad for the game when <clears throat> when you're sitting here on Twitter looking at, you know, your friends or people, it just pops up in your timeline and you're seeing horrible cheating. One of the videos I just recently saw was the person is is diving, right? And as they emerge, before they even just as they get control of their character. The enemy pirate teleports on their boat and kills them. Like, that's that's a hundred percent hacking, a hundred percent cheating, right? There's 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 no explanation for that because they just crested the water. They literally just came out of the water and the enemy is already on their boat. There is no way that can be done. Okay, and then on top of it, you get a glimpse of that person's name. And while the person is on the ferry, standing by the door and looking back to see where the dead pirates come in, that person pops in and pops out of the ferry of the damned. So literally not only is able to teleport onto your boat and kill you as soon as you come out, but is able to actually port themselves onto the ferry of the damned to see when you're respawning so they can be on your boat to kill you again blatant cheating. Now, is this reportable? Absolutely. Is it bannable? I would hope that players banned like instantaneously, but at the end of the day, that should be features. Those it's a third party application that's doing this kind of stuff. It has to be. And there, there should be a system in place that is automatically just nuking accounts, nuking the ability for third party applications to run because this is absolute. It's, it's getting out of hand. Okay, we've seen now as all of season eight has gone on, you know, people complaining about, oh, they're they're spawning the battle in the shores of gold. Okay, that was a rare problem. Their their coding allowed that. It was players being just players as they're going to be, tools, not rules. They're using the tools and they're they're winning. Now there's rules against that, right? The coding has has built that in. Then you've got the people doing it in the Red Sea. Same thing was done. Then you had people abusing blunder bombs. Rare has been able to 
fix this. However, we have now got five weeks of season eight left, and the hacking and the cheating is now out of hand. Is it happening in every battle? No. Is it happening the majority of the battles? No. But it's happening enough, and there's enough visibility out there that Rare has to make some sort of statement or do something. It's getting to that point because ultimately there's a lot of players out there who don't even want to look at Season 8 and PvP just because they're not PvP players. Now you've got players like myself who love this game and want to participate who aren't because I'm not going to lie. I already don't like the fact that my hits don't register. I don't like the fact that silent boarding is there. I don't like the fact that things are broken like harpoons and bucket reg. I really can't stand hacking and cheating. Like, there are a lot of bad things that you can do in this world. Gaming is our way of getting away from the world and having a good time. Even if we get angry, even if we get stressed out, even if we have like a bad gaming day, it is still better than the shit outside that door, right? That's that's what gaming is. And then when you have shitheads coming into this game, a place where people want to enjoy themselves away from the shit outside in the real world and are cheating and hacking in a video game so they can feel as though their man bollocks are bigger than yours. Well, I can tell you this. My man junk isn't that big and it's massive compared to yours because cheaters and hackers are by far the scum of the gaming world. Period. End of story. I wish there was some sort of international ban committee that if you get banned from hacking and cheating in a single video game, your IP address is placed somewhere on the internet so that people will permanently ban your account. Every studio in the world that has multiplayer has access to this. So if you cheat or or do anything in a single video game, your IP address is immediately here and every multiplayer game in the entire world has you automatically banned within 24 hours. Gaming would be so much cleaner if that was possible. It's not going to happen. But that's how that's what I think of hackers and cheaters in the video game world. You should literally, if you hack and cheat, I don't care if it's one time, I don't care if it's 50 times, you should literally not be able to play vi uh, multiplayer video games. Hack and cheat all you want on single player games. I don't care. But when you are playing a multiplayer game, you are literally hurting other people's gaming experience. You are affecting other people. And when your choices start affecting other people, that's when I have a problem. And that's when you are a bad person. And we are only four, five weeks away from the end of this season. And Rare has not figured out how to get these hackers and cheatings off the, 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 the game in a proactive way. Right. Everything is reactive. We have to get some reports in there and then whatever AI or whatever, whoever reviews those has to then go. Then this is happening. And the problem is, I don't believe 
if if I if I understand things correctly, I don't believe that Rare or Microsoft issue an IP ban. At least, maybe not for first offenders. They just issue an account ban, and then your account's banned. But guess you know how easy it is to make a new uh, Microsoft account. You know how easy it is to get another Sea of Thieves account just by logging in them. You know, oh crap, that one's banned. Okay, cancel that Xbox Live. Make a new email address. Make a new Microsoft account. All of a sudden, boom, bam, I'm back in the game and I have Xbox uh, uh, Alive and I'm playing Sea of Thieves for free again. Well, for a dollar a month or whatever Xbox Live is at this point. But it needs to be, and and, and some of you might not understand, a, a an account ban means you cannot access that account anymore. An IP ban means literally they are banning your IP address on your modem. You cannot log into the game via your internet. And and I'm sure there's more technical jargon about that that I don't understand, but I know it's possible because I I played or I still play at times Project 1999, which is a emulated version of EverQuest from 1999. And that is a small team. It is not a development studio. They literally run off Patreon money um, from the community to keep that game running, the servers running and everything like that. And if you get caught breaking any of their rules, they don't just ban your account. They IP ban you so you cannot create another account. It's impossible. Now, if you went to another house, sure. Okay. Yep. Then you can do it. But I, I know for a fact this happens because a buddy of mine was an idiot back in the day, like 10 years ago, and got caught um, in that game breaking the rules and got banned. His account got banned, everything like that. So he came up to my house and I'm like, well, dude, what? why aren't you playing EverQuest? And he's like, oh, I, I just don't have the time. But hey, can I come up for a weekend so I can play? And he comes up and he uses my internet to then log in. And not log into his account because his account got nuked. Log into another account and and play. And I'm like, so are you going to play this week? Oh, no. I, I you know, And then eventually I found out what happened. He got IP banned. And so it was impossible for him to play at his house. This is what manufacturing, this is what game studios unfortunately need to come to terms. If you have a multiplayer game, you need to be able to harshly punish cheaters, hackers. And yes, there needs to be some sort of automated system that catches this stuff, but there also needs to be some sort of human element as well. Um, because you know, you, you see it all the time. I've seen it all the time. People just report people because they're, they, they didn't like that. They're better than them. They didn't like that, that, that they got beat and the person beat them legitimately, but they still get reported and eventually potentially banned if enough people report them, you know, and then they have to go through the the manual process of, of whatever. But like, if you are legitimately cheating, there is obvious evidence that can be used. There is obviously a, a third party application accessing the Sea of Thieves game. The Sea of Thieves code should be able to see that. And if Sea of Thieves does not have some sort of defensive mechanism looking for third party applications, what in the hell are you guys doing? You released a competitive, it's not competitive as far as a ranking system or anything like that, but you released a PVP 
uh, uh, focused season, a season where you're telling people go fight each other. You know what? That just brings the shitheads out because they want to show that they're better. They want to get paired up against a streamer or YouTuber and get that clip and and whatever. They that's what that's what people do nowadays. They feel like, you know, being a shithead on the Internet makes them cool or something. And it doesn't. And the fact that we're almost done with season eight and Rare does not have anything in place yet, which identifies third-party applications accessing their their systems, is a problem. It's a problem. The other thing that you see if you peruse the Sea of Thieves world is boat flipping. Same thing uh, you, you, with the teleporting, the 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 ferry checking uh, stuff, the boat flipping, where the boat just starts to up in the air, just spinning everywhere, all out of control, just crazy spinning out of control. Again, that is a third-party application where someone is cheating and hacking and causing your boat to do that. Yes, Sea of Thieves has some goofy spaghetti code in there that makes ships do some goofy things sometimes. But legitimately going from nothing to spinning like a top or a corkscrew in the air, yeah, that's not the game doing that. It's a third-party application interacting with the game and causing that. So I really think, and and I, I don't foresee like, look, hit reg has been an issue for five, for five years now. Okay. Hit reg has been an issue for five years. They have notoriously had issues, bucket reg, food reg, that kind of stuff coming back time after time, after time, after it's fixed. Do I foresee them putting something in place to catch and deal with these hackers proactively putting something in place that identifies these third party applications accessing the game. I I don't think so. I, I mean, especially if these third party applications are client side, it's, it's much harder to identify, right? If it's, if it's a- accessing like the server stuff, that's, that's different, but this is obviously client side interacting with the game somehow. But there should be some sort of trace there, right? Software leaves traces and logs. Um, And the people over at Rare are very smart individuals. Um, And this is a problem. I would put cheating and hacking, even though it's not as big of an issue as far as affecting so many people as hit reg or bucket reg or that stuff. If you want a game that's taken seriously, That kind of stuff has to go. A multiplayer game can have zero tolerance and zero allowance for hackers and cheaters. It's just how it is. You have to take a stance on it, and it has to be hard, and it has to be tough. You have to put an end to that very, very quickly. I don't see them doing it. I don't see them doing it. I hope they do it. But how I see it, how I see it is, well, we gave you something to PVP. Yeah, there's going to be this issue. But do you want us to use resources and time to get that fixed? Or do you want us to work on the next story? Or do you want us to work on hit reg, right? Well, it doesn't affect that many players. You can deal with it for a while. Mm. Those type of excuses are getting old. 
We need things to be fixed. And I don't think I, I was I was talking to Logan about this. I don't think that we see some of these major issues fixed anytime soon. Because we're about to hit season nine, and season nine is one hundred percent the fifth year anniversary. So they're going to do something big for that. Following season nine is going to be E three. So they probably they, they obviously have see with their with their development cycle they have season nine cooked up right they've got five weeks left to clean it up and get it out. After that is E three. And E3 is probably going to announce the next big thing. I'm thinking it's the return of Jack Sparrow, or I'm thinking it's the return of Disney. I have a, That's going to be an E3 announcement. Maybe it's this year, maybe not. Maybe it's next year. But the E3 announcement will come up next, which means season 10 is going to be whatever they announce at E3. So we're talking three months, four months maybe, for season nine. So we've got... Five weeks left, that's a month. Then we've got three to four weeks, let's say four. That's five, that's, that's, uh, or sorry, um, um, four months. So four times four, it's, it's what? Let's just go with 16 weeks plus four, that's 20 weeks. Let's tack on season 10. It's another, you know, 16 weeks. We're talking 36 weeks. We're talking almost three quarters of a year before they're actually going to have time to actually start putting some big effort into, into um, hit registration and, and, and hacking and cheating and all that stuff. And based on what we learned from the interview during the Merfolk's lullaby stream, which I'll talk about some of it, you know, Mike Chapman said himself, that they've they've got themselves into a stride with with lore and story and they don't intend to let up on that. Now, they've obviously got to they've got to fix bugs, right? They've got to fix things. But if I hear them say we're in a stride we're in a stride with these story things, I am not seeing that they're going to spend a whole lot of resources, take an entire season off, whatever they need to do to get this stuff cleaned up. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. So buckle up, buttercups, because I have a feeling we're going to have another rough year. I hope not. I, I hope that the folks over at Rare prove me wrong, right? When I did my last episode, the same day the episode released to the public, they had a they had a fantastic video out that addressed so much of what I had just talked about. So much of it. I just don't see them doing what needs to be done on a technical level because they're in this stride. The stride of lore and content, which is fantastic. It needs to get a little cleaned up, you know, but they're in this stride and it seems like the man making the decisions amazing at what he does is, is Mike and Mike is going to be very story and lore driven. And yeah, there's PVP in the game and yet she, but that, that our focus is not PVP, right? It's, it's a, it's a world building. It's a, it's a growing world. It's a story that we need to keep going, right? That's, that's kind of his stance. 
That's his stance. And sure, he cares about the players' opinions and he cares about that stuff. But I, I just feel that if you give Mike the the choice of, hey, let's hit let's fix hit registration hackers and cheaters, or let's put out some epic grand adventure with Disney, he's gonna choose Disney every single time. So Merfolk's lullaby. Like I said, if you guys have never heard of Merfolk's Lullaby, you're missing out. It's a fantastic uh, community-built uh, website, uh, and they have everything from um, lore lessons, quizzes, uh, to the breakdown of the skeletal runes when the, the mystery was going on. They had a great thing there. They had a nice uh, time. They have a nice timeline. They've got stats. They've got an interactive map of the Sea of Thieves, including the weather forecast for different areas. It's an absolutely fantastic uh, run website. And the group who does it is is just an absolute gem for this community. And every year they do a Sea of Thieves awards. Um, and this year they put on a absolute banger of a production. Like absolutely amazing uh, production on a stream and you can now find it on their YouTube uh, Merfolk's Lullaby. They had a fun little quiz game uh, with Mike Chapman. Um, they got a little, we got some Sea of Teas, which we might talk about here in a little bit. Um, and, and they went through all of these amazing awards that were everything um, from actual like in-game stuff to to cosplayers and community artists. Um, and it's all voted on by the community. There's nominations uh, and then it's it's comes down to you going to merfolkslullaby.com and casting your vote each and every year. So let's start um, and we'll get to the sea of teas um, in a little bit uh, that Mike kind of talked about. but let's break down. I'm going to put my notes down because I have uh, their website up on the, on my screen here. Let's go down through here uh, and go through um, the awards for this year. So the first award that the community voted on is what was the best season? Uh, and it's the most recent season. Season 8 wins at 67% of the vote. I personally think you're all crazy. I think season eight is the second best season um, uh, this year. I thought Captains of Adventure was the worst season of the year. I thought Legend of the Veil vale and the complete revamp of the Athena's Fortune was the most important and game-impacting um, um, item. And, and many of you are going to say, well, season eight was more game-impacting than Legend of the Veil. Vale. Sure, in one hand. But on the other hand, there are so many broken systems and there's so many functionality issues with the PvP and Sea of Thieves that in my opinion, there's no way Season 8 can be number one. There's no way. I understand that the community is probably having a lot of fun with it, um, obviously with the new curses and stuff. So sure, I see why it probably grabbed the community vote. But if we look at those three seasons of this year, Legend of the Veil, the complete revamp of Athena's Fortune, which has been needed for a very long time, Captains of Adventure, the Captaincy Update, which, let's be honest, added nothing new to the game. Yes, Oh, I'm sorry. We got to name our ships. Oh, I'm sorry. We got some cool um, uh, purchasey things. It added nothing new to the game. Okay, nothing. The entire system of captaincy was bad and broken. 
tell the story of your pirate. Oh, but but it's the only the story from season seven on. Y- your pirate didn't exist before season seven. You've been playing for years, but he didn't exist. Season seven was a shit show of a horrible season. Uh, I don't know how it's number two on the community vote. Legend of Vale only got 10% of the vote. I don't know what is wrong with the people who casted votes here, but clearly they've got some sort of malfunction because because there's no way. There's no way that Captains of Adventure should be number two. Captains of Adventure shouldn't have even got like 5% of the vote. It did nothing. It added nothing. And what it did add, the story behind it, oh, tell the story. It it, it doesn't do that. So, oh, blows my mind. I can see why people would vote for season eight because it is big. It is huge. The problem is the functionality is busted and they are not fixing it in a timely manner. I love the concept of season eight. I, if, 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 if the systems were good, I would be on sea of thieves every day, four to five hours a day playing the hourglass, but the systems are broken. I am not going to just subject myself to the pain of sailing around. Season eight was not the number one season of the year. Legend of the veil was 100% the best season of this year because technically it was relatively sound as far as bugs and issues, but more so it revamped something that has needed it for years. Y'all crazy with, with season eight being number one. Uh, best game menu of the year uh, definitely goes to season eight. Um, I uh, the the season six and season seven um, uh, did receive some votes, but it was the old school map. the The season eight uh, uh, launch screen is absolutely it's 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 just it's beyond. It's absolutely beyond any other game menu uh, uh, that they've done. For, for anything. It's it's fantastic with the red and the green playing off the hourglass. You've got the heroes versus the villains. It's it's outstanding. It's outstanding. So 55% of the vote goes to season eight. Absolutely agree with it. <clears throat> Be prepared for this one because it's going to get spicy. The best adventure of the year. Now, keep in mind, this was the first year of adventure, so we have them all on here, um, up to the return of the damned. With 28% of the vote, y'all just dumb, is the Shrouded Deep. 28% of the vote voted Shrouded Deep as the best adventure of the year. Would I put it in the top five? Yes. It was mechanically broken. It was mechanically broken. It was full of bugs and issues. It had a great driving story, however, uh, but it was just broken. The entire idea of trying to resurrect the hungering deep in 2022 was a huge mistake by Rare. Absolutely huge mistake. If you want to know what the best adventure was, the community voted at number three. At 12% of the vote, 12.5% of the vote, the Herald of Flame, that is the number one adventure, the the number one adventure of the year. It had a great driving story. It It was quick and relatively painless to get through. Yes, the final fight was kind of an Ashen Lord thing, but it was a little bit... 
they changed some stuff up visually. We got Stitcher Jim back. We got a lot of lore drops as far as where Stitcher Jim has been. What is his mindset? Herald of the Flame was the best adventure of the year. Period. And it comes in at number three. You, whoever voted on this stuff, number two, Return of the Damned. Are you serious? The Pandragon versus Flameheart adventure where you... It's just like, it's just like Lost Sands. Lost Sands came in at number four. The two choice adventures came in in the top five. And personally, if it was me, I would drop them down there probably in the, like the bottom two or three. Those were awful. The choices were awful. The mechanics were awful. It didn't feel like a war at all. Sure, you added the new concepts of raising the flag up on the sea force. That was kind of cool. But all you had to do was sit there and sail around in a circle and raise them up on your server. Like, there was also no counter as far as how much you were doing at any given time. It was absolutely a joke. Lost Sands was a joke. Didn't feel like a battle at all. I, I just don't understand how people can, can, can vote these so high. Shrouded Deep as well, full of bugs, full of issues. Sure, that final fight was fun and crazy, but it was so chock full of issues and bugs and awfulness. And not to mention, they tried to resurrect this concept that multiple crews need to play together nicely are you kidding me it's 2012 and we are 2022 and we're dealing with people who are using third-party applications to beat you in pvp and you're expecting players to play nice together come on and you all voted that number one y'all crazy the herald of flame was the best adventure of this year lore driving story cool final fight but done End of story. You're all wrong. I don't care if this is community voted on. Herald of Flame, number one. There, There is no prove me wrong there. It's just a statement. Mic drop. We're moving on. Uh, best sea fort, 30% of the vote, uh, Royal crest fortress. I can't disagree with that. Uh, it is one of the fortresses in the nice area of the world, uh, which is actually kind of funny, uh, because, uh, the top it goes in this order, Royal crest, 30% old brinstone, uh, 20% Imperial crown, 17 ancient gold, 14. There are your top, uh, top four. And guess what? They're all in the wilds and ancient isles. Why? Because it's pretty and they look really nice. And then Mercy's End and Traitor's uh, Fate are, are the bottom two because they're in the wilds and they, even though the fortresses still look cool and they, they match the area that they're in, it, no one likes the wilds. The next two categories really bother me because I understand that Sea of Thieves is driving the game to heroes versus villains. And I am so tired of that narrative. I am so tired of good versus evil. I am so tired of this narrative of the good guys win and the bad guys lose. I am over that narrative. It is everywhere. It is boring. It is stale. It is used up. It is awful. It is awful. But here we are. With 34% of the vote, the best hero of 2022, just letting you know, you're all wrong again, Merrick. What did Merrick do? Tell me, please. 
Someone explain to me what Merrick did was heroic. He sunk his ship again. He did that already. He got captured and killed. What did he do that was heroic? Oh, he had some really important information that he didn't tell the Dark Brethren. Dude got a second chance on the seas, sunk his ship again, and got captured and killed. How is that a hero? Bell, literally coming out of nowhere to save this world from the big bad villain, Captain Flameheart. Reuniting us with the ancients, giving us untold possible power. She comes in at number two. The pirate lord. Yeah, he's kind of lame until he goes against the siren queen because she killed his son. And then he goes all crazy Gandalf the Grey from Lord of the Rings, slamming his cane down and going ham is number three. Arthur Pendragon and everything that he did, number four. And Lissetti Singh, I have no idea why she's even mentioned on there, is number five. But Merrick, what, what? he did nothing heroic. He did nothing heroic. He was in the right place at the right time, made all the wrong decisions, got killed. Oh, so you didn't give up your information after being tortured. Whoop-de-doo. Oh. <sighs> Best villain, G. How lame is this one? 55.6% of the vote, Flameheart. We haven't even seen him, and he's the best villain. I should tell you where the state of story building is in this game when a character that we haven't seen is stale is boring and used up and over a year ago we were all bitching because he was a floating head in the sky that yelled at us all the time and he is voted the number one villain I hope by the end of 2023 that we see Wanda Duke Amaranta much higher right Amaranta got 2% of the vote she killed your hero According to you all, according to the community out there, Merrick was the best hero of the game in 2022. Amaranta killed him. And she did, she got 2% of the vote to Flameheart's 55%. How can you vote the useless, no-legged, no-hand Merrick as your best hero, but the person who literally killed him got 2% of the vote for best villain. Y'all crazy. It makes zero sense. Yes. Everyone's going to click flame heart. Why? Because that's what the story tells us to do. He is a bad villain. He is stale and used up there. Stitcher Jim would have been a better vote choice this year. And he had one adventure. He would have been a better uh, vote choice. Amaranta killed the hero. The person you all voted for, for number one, she killed him. And she, she's last place in the vote. The only thing that I agree with on here is the Siren Queen. The Siren Queen beat Amaranta. She killed DeMarco, and she only gets 4%. 
I, I don't understand how people are voting like this. I don't get it. Best faction, go figure. It's the good guys. 46% voting the best faction is Athena's Fortune. Uh, 40% very close behind Reaper's Bones. 12% Dark Brethren. It makes sense, I guess. Uh, I think the Dark Brethren is the most interesting faction in the Sea of Thieves right now, um, aside from the Sovereign, because we don't know enough about either of them. We know less about the Sovereign. I think the Dark Brethren is a much better faction, if they develop it properly, than Athena's Fortune and Reaper's Bones could ever hope to be. I personally think the Dark Brethren will and can be the best story-driven faction in this game if they're given the appropriate due. Period. Oh, by the way, he was the best hero. He also gets your best vote of of, of 42% on the most poignant loss. At least Pendragon is not up there. At least he's not up there. Is there no love for Stitcher Jim? Literally, this man was in Heart of Fire burning up, and then we get him back, and he's gone again. And there's no love for him. 6% of the vote. DeMarco has 27%, almost 28%. I mean, I guess that's better than the 1% of people who actually was playing the arena when it got shut down. But holy crap. Merrick again? Why is he a poignant loss? Well, okay, let me take that back. He is the most important loss because there's no uh, Hunter's Call vendor um, at Stefan Spoils, and there still isn't. So I guess that's fair. He is the most poignant loss because now you've got to go somewhere else to sell your fish. Best in-game cinematic. Um. Well, for some of you, including myself, I mean, I've seen it on YouTube. Um, Blessing of Athena's Fortune, uh, 25%. Uh, Ritual of Flame, 23%. They're, they're both good. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to disagree that, um, that those were the best cutscenes. Uh, in-game scenes. Uh, personally, I think the mystery ending, and maybe it's that people didn't see the mystery ending, and that's why the vote is so low at 7%. Uh, personally, I think that was one of the best in-game cinematics that they've done uh, since the Shores of Gold. Yes, the Blessing of Athena's Fortune looks really cool. Yes, the Ritual of Flame looks really cool. Uh, and both of those are pretty tied, followed closely by the Summoning of the Shrouded Ghost, which was pretty cool. But the ending of the mystery was badass. It was badass. So, uh, But I could see why people would be voting the way they did, as I, not everyone saw the end of the mystery because they didn't do it. Uh, the best mystery puzzle, um, I didn't really take part in the mystery. Uh, so for those of you who care about the mystery puzzle, the uh, the top vote there was 32% to the Sea Dog Cipher, uh, followed by 19% of the Order of Souls um, vision. Uh, best time limited feature. This I agree with 150 million percent. Soul Flame Robots. Yes. Yes, 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 all of the yes. There was so much fun to do with them. I blew up ships with them. 
They were just great fun to use, and they were a lot of fun to have in the game. 31% voted Soul Flame Rowboats. Number two, Summoning Megalodons at 24%. Uh, Seafort Flags were 21%. Uh, so pretty close there after you get, you know, below uh, Soul Flame Rowboats. But it's clear, Rare. It's clear. Bring back the Soul Flame Rowboats. A lot of people had fun with those. You've got them already in the game. Just, just reactivate them. Bring the Soul Flame Rowboats back. Uh, best legend of the veil module. And yet again, the community gets it wrong. Shipwreck graveyards is rated as the number one module for a legend of the veil. Y'all are crazy. Shipwreck graveyards are awful. Not only do you have to swim in weird angles and just being underwater in sea of thieves is just annoying. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. It is annoying. So how it got 44% of the vote. I, I just don't understand. It just makes zero sense that anyone out there with any sort of IQ or brain would enjoy a shipwreck graveyard over something, for example, the Haunted Islands. The Haunted Islands are cool. Why? One, you're helping Bell. Two, you get to fight at the end. I mean, come on. You, you, let's go swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Don't drown. Don't get shot by sirens that spawn as soon as you touch the water. Don't get eaten by sharks. Swim upside down. Feel really weird. Have your head spinning because you're not sure which way is right. Yes, that's way better than going on haunted islands and killing phantoms and stuff like that. No, you're all wrong. 44%, you're all just on something. Now, I agree. Zoom in maps. Uh, the pictorial maps and the lying maps, those are all equally bad and the votes show so, uh, but haunted islands should have like 80% of the vote here, not shipwreck graveyards, please. No, absolutely not. Uh, so this is a tight vote because everyone has their favorite and there are so many of them in the game. What is the best Island in 2022? Uh, 8.3% of the vote mermaids hideaway. I agree. It's a nice Island. I don't know if it's my favorite. It's definitely not my favorite. Um, uh, new golden sands outpost 8.2%. So again, pretty tied there. Smugglers Bay. Eh, it's a cool Island, I guess. Uh, 6.2%. Um, and then it drops down to 3.7%. Um, yeah, see my, my favorite Island is, is not going to, um, um, uh, wow. The Tults or the old sailors Isle actually got a 2.5%. Okay. Um, interesting. Um, I would, I'm just scrolling down through the list here and I was, I was just, just curious in the, yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I know my, my islands like never going to, to get on here because there's like nothing that ever takes you to that Island. I'm trying to see, um, scroll down here and see how far down my Island actually is my favorite Island. Um, wow. we're down to point something percents right now. That's yeah. Point two seven percent old salts atoll. That's my favorite island. That's my favorite island in the game. I love the ship there. I love the shape of the island. I think it's a really cool island. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. What's the last place? Oh, there's a lot. Oh, they're all wilds. <laughs> They're all wilds and uh, and and uh, um, mostly um, um, devil's roar. That's funny. That is actually kind of funny. I wonder what the highest rated. 
Kraken's Watchtower. Wonder what okay, Devil's Thirst may be the highest rated um it's at point one four percent. Nope, Molten Sands Fortress. Oh, someone likes Molten Sands point two percent of you like Molten Sands. Y'all crazy. Crooked Mass point two percent. Uh Logan would be happy with that. Kraken's Fall at point two percent. Huh. Shipwreck Bay. Shipwreck Bay is at 0.7%. Ashen reaches 0.7%. All right, so the Wilds did get a little bit of love. A little bit of love. But, uh, yeah. So, number one island, uh, uh, it was pretty much tied uh, between Mermaid's Hideaway and New Golden Sands Outpost. Uh, Best cinematic trailer, 25% Return of the Damned. It was an okay trailer. Um, Again, I'm going to give... Um, the tip of the cap to, um, uh, to the Herald of Flame. I thought that was, uh, really nice with the singing, uh, and everything. It was close at 19%. Captains of Adventure, the sing-along from, uh, uh, from E3, 15%. Uh, I, I can't blame you with Return of the Damned. It was a good cinematic. I think Herald of Flame just edges it out a little bit. Um, but again, it's, yeah. Uh, best accessibility option. I was really interested in this visible ship, uh, visible fish names comes in at 53%. Um, clearly a huge, um, accessibility feature. I remember when it launched, I remember some of the people who tested that out. Um, and this was huge for them. So, um, that's, that's a big one, uh, followed Way far behind, 12.9% with ship wheel audio support. Um, so, yeah, huge, huge win there uh, for those uh, who need the accessibility features, visible ship names um, there. Best musical releases. This one was a tight one. 25.13%. We Shall Sail Together Retro Mix. Uh, to, uh, 23.9%. The Shrouded Ghost. Uh, from the adventure. So um, really cool uh, uh, to see that. And given the credit where credit is due with uh, these absolutely amazing musical scores coming from uh, Robin and Chloe and that team. Uh, best voice actor. This is another tough one for me because I have some favorite voice actors. I love I, I love Annabelle uh, doing Belle. I love Clive uh, doing uh, the Pirate Lord. Um, you know, Ed is also really good at Pendragon. Um, but, um, coming in at number one is Nicholas Asbury, the voice of Flameheart. You know, we've heard Flameheart's voice more and more often recently, um, with the return of the damned, uh, um, and, and now moving into, um, the ability to get the, the skeletal curse. Um, great voice, um, really captures the evilness, really captures that, that, you know, king of the sea of thieves that he wants to be in, in, in captain Flameheart. So, um, I, I can't disagree with that. Bell came in close second at 20%, um, just, just fell short by about three and a half percent. Um, but there, there are so many, the voice actors in sea of thieves are outstanding. They just do an amazing job. Um, and that's, that's that whole thing. There is just splitting hairs to be honest. Best Sea of Thieves TV um, TV event. 
um, was Return of the Damned. I thought that uh, I think um, that particular um, reveal was really good. They had a lot of really cool um, features there. Number two that came in at thirty three percent, so huge, huge um, um, votes there. Thirteen uh, percent was the last ship finale. Uh, fan-based, fan-made film. Now, this is actually really exciting to me because I have not seen many of these. Um, at 21% of the vote, The Last Battle Pir- from Pirate Studio. I, I want to watch these. I, I'm going to take a, I'm going to come here to Merfolk's Lullaby and actually go down this list of these fan-made films and watch them because uh, this is super exciting to me, and I don't think I've seen any of them or many of them. So I don't want to you know speak to that, uh, but anything fan-made is really cool. Uh, but this seems really cool. Uh, 21.9%. The Last Battle by Pirate Studio. Uh, best original YouTube content. I have seen some of this stuff. Uh, the Golden Sailors come in at 31%. Their stuff is really, really good. If you haven't checked out the Golden Sailors on YouTube, check them out. Uh, it's it's re- it's really interesting and really cool. Uh, best community game event. So this is in-game event, not in-person event. Just, just so you know. Um, j- j- there you go. Uh, Cutlass Crusades, twenty uh, percent. Uh, Armageddon was uh, was number two. Uh, so I know there was a lot of really big name streamers that showed up for Cutlass uh, Crusades. It was a really cool event to watch. Uh, best character cosplay. Again, we are really just cutting hairs on these because there are so many talented people out there um, uh, in the next two categories. Best artist and best cosplayer. Um, Lady Haranda uh, Niwa. I, I I follow them on Twitter and I love their stuff. They do the bell cosplay. Absolutely freaking fantastic and amazing. Apologize if I butchered that. Um, three Miss School. Uh, Craving Horizon. Number three. Jordan uh, Rascopoulos. Again, apologize for for butchering names. Uh, And just Joby won uh, round off the top five. I've seen a lot of folks pop up uh, um, from this list on my social media. Absolutely fantastic artists in the cosplay uh, world. I got to meet uh, a couple of them at SOPFest last year. Just fantastic humans and amazing amazing cosplayers. Um, so if you're not following any of those folks, again, merfolkslullaby.com slash awards, you can go check them out and, and go uh, tr- find them on like social media because they're just freaking amazing. Uh, best artist um, goes to e- uh, Aiden McKellen, 12%. Great artwork um, for the Pendragon versus Flameheart. Absolutely outstanding. Um, again, a long list of artists here um, that were nominated. And, and it's it's hard to, 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 like, obviously the community is voting here. And, and I hope that none of the artists, cosplayers, or prop makers, because uh, that's the next uh, category. I hope none of those folks have their feelings hurt because the, the community didn't vote them number one. Look here's the deal. You're all absolutely amazing. You're all outstanding from anything from the original videos to original series to, to cosplay art prop makes, whatever you're doing. I have seen so much sea of thieves stuff out there that people have made or are making. Um, it's just outstanding. Keep doing what you're doing, please. You are a pillar of this community and these things that you are making are absolutely fan fantastic so please keep making your art please do keep doing your cosplay and keep making your videos 
you, you know, to be nominated on any of this is is absolutely fantastic. Be proud of what you create because I know I love looking at all of it. Uh, best prop maker goes to Cloasaurus. Uh, they made uh, the 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 launch eye of reach and the glowing Athena chests and and many many other things. Uh, number two was Fox Die. Look, I I got to meet uh, Fox at uh, Sea of Thieves Fest, and in fact, it's ready for my new office for my Sea of Thieves shelf. I've got my coral message in the bottle right here with the little the little message thing, uh, little scroll. So, um, you know, I hope Fox's eye continues to make uh, the amazing props that he makes uh, because I absolutely love it. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. Number one was Closaurus, followed by Fox eye. And again, please, 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 uh, any of you art uh, makers of any sort, please continue doing what you're doing because you are a pillar of this community. So that's that. That is the Merfolk's Lullaby Awards voted on you, the community. And even though on many of these critical in-game decisions, you all are yet again wrong. And please, before you cast your vote next time on Merfolk's Lullaby for 2023, please sit down with me and let me tell you why you're wrong and why you should vote for these certain things because you're clearly not looking at these properly. You're clearly not like looking at the proper criteria. Look, we rate the adventures here. We put in the time and effort to grade the adventures. We know how to make a rubric. We know how to make criteria. We know how to score things. So on these in-game things, Community members out there, make sure you call me. I'm ready to tell you where to cast your vote based on my very strict critical rubric, okay? All right? Remember that for next year. Don't just go in here and cast your votes for your favorites because most likely your favorites are wrong. And I will tell you why they're wrong. I will respect your choice and your opinion, but let me tell you why you're wrong and why you should cast your vote here. And then you cast your vote here. And then we will have a proper rewards where the proper things are voted number one and not this return of the damned season eight, not looking at what it actually did for the game type stuff. Okay. All right. Are we all clear? You call up your buddy Davram. And I will tell you where to cast your vote. All right. I come from America and that's how our political system works. <laughs> oh, geez. Da-dum-tsh. Anyways, guys, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you had fun. Again, go over to merfolkslullaby.com, not just to check out their awards, but just to check out their website. They have a lot of great Sea of Thieves information there, a lot of great stuff to look at. Make sure you check out Community Day, and if you are interested in having meals delivered to your door and supporting this content a lot, okay, it's a lot, uh, make sure you go over to hellofresh.com uh, and use the promo code in the show notes uh, and uh, you will get 65% off your first week meal and I and this show will profit from it and be very, very grateful for you. Anyways, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other and I will see you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.